It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. Welcome aboard. It's the Adam Ritz Show, the world-famous public affairs radio show airing coast-to-coast. My name is Adam Ritz. I'm your host, and joining me on the telephone is Jay Baker. Hello, Jay. How are you? Hey, Adam. Doing great. I am back in studio uh, after WFH, which is an abbreviation I, I didn't quite know when I first saw it, WFH, Working From Home. So uh, the working from home orders are starting to get lifted. Uh, now, while I'm not back in the office or in the studio, you know, nine, ten hours a day for five days a week, uh, I did start to. I came back to. I came back to work this week, and it's it's been fantastic to actually get up in the morning, shower, shave, iron my shirt, put it on. I mean, I feel like a real person again. Well, good for you. Now, you're still at home, so I, I can imagine you did not shower and shave today, and you're sitting uh, on your in your home studio in your underwear. Well, it's funny you said that. I just put pants on about 10 minutes before the show started. <laughs> so I, I feel like I'm adding something to society. It is amazing. I would get up uh, over the past two months working from home, I would wake up, uh, I don't know, let's just say around 8 o'clock in the morning, have a, co- a coffee, uh, you know, put on my t- a T-shirt, uh, start working. And all of a sudden, I would realize it was 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and I'm still in my boxer shorts and a T-shirt, and barefoot. <laughs> uh, hadn't left the house. Uh, so it's sort of nice to get uh, back uh, back to somewhat normal. I know it's going to take a long time before we really are back to normal. Uh, but some of the uh, states, uh, most of the states, the, the work-from-home bans uh, are starting to get lifted. A lot of companies are starting to implement from their human resource departments um, policies in place to get back into the office, whether that's uh, a certain amount of distance between employees in the office, masks, wearing the masks in the office, uh, mandatory every 10-minute uh, washing of hands. Uh, so if you ha- are just like myself, just uh, one week into getting back into the office. We hope uh, the transition was smooth for you. Uh, I did want to mention a story that came across my desk uh, a, a week ago. Uh, I think this is fantastic. There, there's so many facets of life that have changed through COVID and will probably change permanently because of COVID. And one of those examples, and nobody knows how this is really going to go, is the uh, entertainment industry, specifically Hollywood and the motion picture industry. Uh, A lot of movies have been released that were going to be released in theaters, have just gone straight to streaming. And I know that was something uh, that's been talked about for years with the uh, advent of, of home theaters. I mean, a lot of, at least your rich buddies, uh, have a room in their basement with so much comfortable seating, a two or three hundred inch screen, and a high def five million lumineer uh, light bulb projector, 
And it's a better experience than going to the movie theaters. So the industry has been talking about going straight to home release for years because some people just don't even go to the movies anymore anyway. Why would you when you've got this home theater that's better than driving to the mall? Well, now COVID uh, and everybody can't go to the movies. And so new movies are accessible now, just even on your smartphone, from the safety of your own couch as you WFH or shelter in place. Uh, so that might be a somewhat of a permanent change. I'm not saying that all movie theaters are going to close, but there are going to be a lot of people, uh, and I might be one of them, that might never go to a movie theater again. I mean, why would you? With the with a hundred inch hundred inch screen in the next room and your own microwave popcorn, I mean, my gosh, I'd rather almost pay uh, more for the movie to stream at home than pay a lower ticket price and drive all the way to the mall and possibly sit in a germ-infested seat. I mean, you know, what are your thoughts on how the movie industry is going to change? Well, I think you're absolutely correct about that. And as you probably have known, there's been other health hazards outside of uh, COVID that have caused people concern about going to the movies. In New York City, they had a large bed bug problem, and people were afraid to go to the theater because they didn't want to take home bed bugs, and you can't blame them. So it is an interesting thing that as we grow more used to streaming movies at home, maybe the entertainment industry adjusts because they can apply metrics to how many people stream. So while, you know, box office is measured in dollars, maybe you measure it in number of downloads. Yeah. And, you know, those uh, those downloads cost money, so they're still going to make money. Uh, you mentioned those bed bugs. Can you imagine if those Japanese murder hornets infested movie theaters? I, I don't know if the if Hollywood could survive. <laughs> yeah, when I heard murder hornets, you, you're going okay. One more thing to add to the concern list. Thank I, I you mean, very much. It's unbelievable. Remember in December of 2019 how excited we were for 2020. What in the heck has happened? Murder hornets, <laughs> pandemics. My goodness. Uh, well, one of the other changes that came across my desk that, that uh, I, I think is a great idea and it's helped people and it might be a permanent change is uh, I, I do a podcast. This is I mean, no one listening to the show now is going to run out and listen to this podcast, but I do a podcast about convenience stores and I won't bore you with why I do it. Uh, but it's just become a vertical of a, of a clientele I have through another project I have. And, and I do this podcast on convenience stores. And there's a convenience store in Kentucky called Clark's Pump and Shop. And here's what they've done through COVID. They have dedicated one of their gas pumps to being full service for people that do not want to get out of their car, uh, especially the elderly and the people that are most vulnerable to COVID. So if you don't want to touch a gas pump uh, or even touch your own gas cap for fear of germs or uh, contracting uh, germs or a disease or not being in a position to have gloves or a mask on or not knowing when you're going to be able to get home to wash your hands with hot soapy water, you pull up to that one pump. I mean, they've got 12 of them. You pull up to the one, you honk your horn twice, and a service attendant comes out from the convenience store and fills your car, just like it's 1955, just like uh, Back to the Future. I think that is a great idea. It's practical. It's helping people. And I, I'm thinking that more, not only will more convenience stores do this, but that might become a permanent fixture 
for convenience for people that just want to pull up and have somebody put gas in their car. Yeah, I agree on that. I mean, that makes great sense. I would even go so far if it were my store, I would have that attendant dressed in that old outfit, you know, the white pants, the white shirt, the little white paper hat, like Steve yeah. Martin in The Jerk. Remember when he worked at the gas station? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so business uh, and life uh, has changed uh, in the interim with COVID, and a lot of these changes uh, are going to be going to be permanent. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what sticks and what doesn't. Um, I'd like to take this moment to thank our underwriters here at the Adam Rich Show, Vibonomics. They are uh, a retail uh, audio experience company providing in-store music and promotional voiceover messaging in retail stores across the country. Uh, you can learn more about them at vibonomics.com. That's V-I-B-E, like the vibe inside your store. Uh, inside your store, rather. Vibonomics.com. Uh, Jay Baker always has the best public affairs content. I imagine it's COVID-related as uh, we're still dealing with what's happening uh, in our world. Yes, this is another shelter-in-place edition of the Adam Rich Show. Uh, I've delved through several different uh, studies to bring you some interesting numbers um, as you said, um, much of the shelter-in-place stay-at-home orders are beginning to ease, and a national survey says that three in ten Americans will celebrate Mother's Day in person. Now, certainly a couple of weeks ago, you would have said zero out of ten, but now you do see about a third of Americans are going to attempt an in-person celebration with mom. Three out of ten. Uh, you know, I guess we should pause right here and, and say Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers listening, especially my mom. Uh, she's down in Florida, and uh, she's thinking about uh, her and my dad. Uh, you know, they're not young. They have sheltered in place in Florida uh, in their house, and they're sort of shelter-in-place champions anyway. They don't go or do anything, so this was not that much of a lifestyle change for them. But they really, this is the time of year they want to get back up to the north to see family and friends. And they would have been home by now had it not been for COVID. So now they're thinking about, you know, end of May, early June. But uh, their doctor has told them at their age, when they do get home, to self-quarantine for 14 days. So if, you know, they were back today, I still couldn't go see my mom for two more weeks. Um, I imagine the three out of 10 number you give is for, is counting all, obviously all moms, including, you know, 21 year old moms that, that don't have the health concerns that my 80 year old mom would have. So, uh, I would suggest if you hear that number three out of 10, well, hell, heck, I might as well see my mom. Well, think about it. I mean, what is, what is her health issue? Does she have underlying conditions? How old is she? Um, I think a lot of people, as these bans have been lifted and stir-crazy uh, uh, cabin fever has more than set in, I, I think it's something to think about rather than just running out into the streets and going crazy and seeing your mom. Think about you know what the real consequences could be if, if, 
if you don't take into consideration her age and and everything else that, that we just mentioned. So I don't know. I, I, I'm going to miss my mom this Mother's Day. It's the first Mother's Day maybe in, in my life in 50 years that I'm not going to actually see and be able to hug my mom. Yeah, and you're right. That is a tough situation. But I think that that's great that you're taking into consideration the health concerns because uh, for older moms, they are in a group uh, where they are at greater risk of COVID. So uh, great point about that. You really have to be careful. And corresponding with what you've said, a majority of Americans are saying a lot of things are going to have to really get back to normal before they feel that they're completely back to normal. And in fact, uh, the residents of Seattle who at this point have had the longest quarantine of any city in the United States, they surveyed them and said, what will it take uh, for you to feel like things are back to normal? And 76% said that they'd only feel like things are back to normal if everyone they knew were washing their hands on a regular basis. And isn't it interesting that something relatively straightforward has been an important factor in this pandemic? That is, uh, that is unbelievable. I, I, was expecting you to say that their answer would be once uh, once everyone is back to work and the um, you know the cases of death are under X percent per capita or whatever. I, I didn't think it'd be as simple as I, I'd feel fine as long as I knew everybody was washing their hands. Yeah, and and then in that same group, sixty five percent said that they would feel things were back to normal if those around them were wearing masks or gloves. You know, the glove thing has sort of been added to this idea of a barrier between you and the people around you. And I think seeing face masks, and it varies so widely from area to area, but I think the face mask thing may become the norm for the next couple of months. Do you feel that that's accurate? I, I do feel that way. And uh, I will tell you, over the past two months, I have not left my house uh, a, a lot. Uh, I've had uh, people that have been shopping for me and groceries. Uh, I've had uh, I've taken advantage of the delivery services and curbside pickup. Uh, so I have not gone into a store in two months. However, this past week, once uh, the band started to get a little more relaxed, uh, I did go into a home improvement store. Uh, with my girlfriend, and we both wore masks. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest with you, when I put it on in the parking lot, I felt a little silly. I mean, I thought, is this necessary? Uh, And then once I got in the store, I felt completely natural, glad I had it on, and I thought the people that didn't have a mask on looked silly. I I was like, Uh. "Thank, thank God I wore this. Uh, because I would say it was a pretty good crowd in there. It was a weekend and, uh, I, I don't, I can't put a number on how many people were in there, but, uh, there was a decent crowd in there and I'll, I'll say seven out of 10 people had a mask on. So the three that didn't, I thought looked foolish. I don't know if that meant they weren't taking this seriously or if they're like, ah, you know, if I get it, I get it. Or or maybe they just felt silly in the parking lot and it, it's sitting on the console of their car because they didn't put it on because they didn't want to look stupid. 
Well, as you probably know, there are some regional shortages of masks, but there are a number of people. And check, there's a lot of local merchants that may carry a mask uh, that you can readily buy, and it does help support local businesses. But yeah, I think the mask thing is going to be happening. And I thought Seattle was telling that uh, almost two-thirds of their citizens were saying they'll only feel normal when everyone's wearing a mask. And then the final figure that came out of Seattle, this is somewhat controversial but interesting. They said that as long as a certain high percentage of people have antibody testing, they would feel more comfortable, meaning that that the populace is assured to themselves that either they have not been exposed or if they have – that they have recovered fully, then they would feel like things are back to normal. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just saw on Facebook, a friend of mine posted, she was excited that she was get, she was having an antibody test. Yes. So, you know, as you know, these are going to be some of the new norms, uh, you know, even uh, situations where they may check your temperature before you're allowed into your workplace. I mean, that's a very different departure from what we're used to as Americans. Now, Jay, I don't want you to do the light bulb <laughs> trick uh, to get out of work. Uh, when you come back, uh, we're gonna we're gonna make you sit in a room for ten minutes without light bulbs, so that you we get a true reading on your temperature. <laughs> the old warm up the thermometer for mom. Yeah, yeah. My brother did that in high school. And he wasn't really thinking it through, and he warmed the thermometer up to about 110. And uh, my mom looked at him and said, you're either going to die or you're going to school. So it's kind of your choice. (laughs) (laughs) You're either going to the morgue or you're grounded. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, go for 101, that's about right for a sick high school kid. But, you know, hey, he was an overachiever. You know, maybe we have uh, just stumbled upon a great invention, a light bulb that is guaranteed to only heat up a, a, a home thermometer to 101 <laughs> for and sell it to high school kids. Oh, my gosh. We high just, school kids. We just became Absolutely. millionaires, I think. <laughs> well, as you probably know, uh, there are certain groups that are struggling just a little bit in quarantine. And this one kind of makes sense in light of the upcoming Mother's Day. It is mothers that would like to see somewhat of a return to their normal everyday schedules. And as you know, we have some co-workers that are moms who have sheltered in place. And as much as they love their children, their children have driven them somewhat batty. So they're the ones now that are feeling a little more urged to go out and sort of embrace the old, you know, routine of you don't have to spend every spare moment with your child. Absolutely. Uh, for certain. We have coworkers here at the studio uh, during Zoom meetings. Their four or five-year-old kids are in the background screaming, yelling, needing attention, needing fed, needing anything. And, and it's, you know, if you are like me, my youngest is 18. So I have not had to deal with um, e-learning and, and homeschooling and home, you know, uh, home daycare while I try to work from home, uh, I can only imagine how difficult that is with a four-year-old hanging on you all day. Um, you know, there was a situation where, where some uh, daycare centers are opening back up and 
you know, imagine your two-year-old son or daughter who's just been in hog heaven and happier than heck that mom and dad have been home for two months. And then daycare opens up and you take your child back to daycare and, and there's a whole new separation anxiety now with the child that, that is uh, upset that they're not at home with mom and dad now. So there's, a, there's so many little ripple effects that are going on, especially for parents and moms that have little kids that are uh, starting to return to work. So that's a great point, Jay. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. And as you pointed out, you know, some of these will become the new normal and it'll be interesting to see what the fallout is going to be. I think we'll be experiencing this for months on end, but we as Americans, we love our sports. We're excited about the return of sports. In fact, uh, ESPN and a few other channels have gone to uh, rebroadcasting vintage games, uh, you know, classic games for us to enjoy, but it's not, it's not like having sports back. And some of the major sports entities are attempting to get back as best they can. Mm -hmm. Famously, by the time you hear this show, the NFL will have announced its new schedule. And everyone is kind of waiting um, to see exactly what that's going to be, how normal it is. The one thing the NFL has decided not to do is no international games. In the past, they had played a couple of games in London, and uh, they were going to play a game in Mexico City, but those are off the table now due to the pandemic. I would imagine the, the players are okay with that. I think the, the jet lag and going over there probably, uh, especially the London uh, game, uh, you know, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that was a great uh, perk. They brought their families and got a little London vacation in, but uh, that's probably good news for the players too. Yeah, I think it threw the players off more than it helped the players. And then, as you know, we've become so competitive in the NFL, you really can't afford to have a week, uh, sort of what I'd call a down week, meaning lots of travel and upsetting your schedule. The uh, one game that was leaked is they do feel that the NFL opener will feature Texas at the Chiefs. And so uh, everyone's kind of excited about the Chiefs because, of course, with Patrick Mahomes, that could be potentially a very exciting game. Mm -hmm. Now, the NBA, uh, they're trying to piece together a plan um, as these uh, stay-at-home orders are being lifted. NBA players now are going to be able to go back to their practice facilities no real word on how long it will take them to get going, but NBA practice is probably in the works here in the next couple of days. Uh, NASCAR, which everyone loves NASCAR, it's a great American tradition, uh, they're going to attempt to do a race at them on May 17th at Darlington Raceway with no spectators. That seems okay. I mean, the drivers are... Uh working from home inside their car. I mean, nobody else is in that yeah. car with them, right? As long as the crew in the pits uh, stay apart, I guess if you're changing all four tires, you're more than six feet apart from the guy changing the <laughs> other tire, right? I mean, just don't. Yeah, I mean, presumably they'll create some way for crew members to socially distance themselves. And then they uh, said that because the motorhome is such a tradition in motorsports that you know, the individual drivers just stay with their families in their respective motorhomes prior to the race, and it should work out. I guess you cannot have, you know, for the winner of the race, you can't have uh, Miss 
Miss Cantaloupe uh, Watermelon Patch uh, <laughs> County Fair Queen uh, put the wreath around his neck and kiss him on the cheek. I guess that's that, that's out. No, the kiss on the cheek is now totally off, unless you bring um, Miss Winston up there in her bio suit. I think that's the only thing they're <laughs> yeah. going to allow. You know, did you see point. the? Did you see that kid in uh, in Japan or Korea that threw out the first pitch at that professional baseball game? He was in a he was in a base giant baseball. Oh no, I did he, not. He was literally the boy in the bubble, and they gave him a, a baseball, but he was inside and a giant inflated inflatable ball that wow. he you know from the pitcher's mound. He was probably six years old. He walked the ball up to the home plate, and that was him throwing the first pitch in. So uh, maybe uh, maybe we all get those biohazard suits or those giant balls and just roll around town. I mean, maybe they can motorize them like uh, like those hoverboards or uh, <laughs> you know a Segway for the real lazy people that don't want to walk anymore. We'll we'll all be on our own hamster balls. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad idea. Another million dollar idea from Adam. We just made two million dollars on this show today. That's right. <laughs> And the last but not least, Major League Baseball, of course, a sport that we always love in the spring and the summer. They are going to propose to their players that they have a, quote, spring training that will happen sometime in mid-June and potentially start playing games in mid-July. Their plan, their initial plan, and I'm not sure if they're going to adhere to this, is um, play in ballparks where they've kind of worked out social distancing. This was something I read, and it kind of blew my mind. Hard Rock Stadium, which is where the Miami Dolphins play, Mm -hmm. they had already created a game plan for Hard Rock Stadium because when it was built, to be for certain criteria able to be used for different events. And one of the things they created was a social distancing scheme for Hard Rock. So believe it or not, the Miami Dolphins could begin their NFL season this year and be completely set up for social distancing. Now, not every stadium has thought that through, but I found that was interesting that they literally have a turnkey solution to social distancing because that's the big thing about uh, having spectators now. They thought of that as they were building the stadium months, years before this pandemic. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it was set up for something not necessarily pandemic-oriented, but if you needed to use the stadium for this purpose or that purpose or that, somebody had the foresight to set that up. Now, obviously, other stadiums will be scrambling because I'm sure this is a retro feature. The main component of the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami is that they will socially distance people at the entry gates because if you think about it, you could either block seats off, which makes sense, but getting people in and out of the stadium socially distancing, that's the tough part. And apparently they thought that through in Miami. Yeah, that would be the hard part. I mean, if you had uh, you know, a 50,000-seat uh, stadium and you only wanted to have 15,000 people in there, you could space out the seats. But what if all 15,000 people show up at once to walk through a gate? They're going to be standing right next to each other in line to get in. Right. Well, and as you well know, anytime you have a large audience and then you attempt uh, to do anything like screening or social distancing, and it takes, let's say, two or three hours 
to let people enter a stadium, you just get a lot of really angsty people. Mm -hmm. And in certain stadiums in the NFL, the weather doesn't necessarily permit that. If you've got outside fans in Detroit or Minnesota, (laughs) you know, you're going to have some unhappy sports fans, even if they're attempting to be responsible. Without question. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, as we look through this, uh, researchers are saying that loneliness is something that more people are reporting. Uh, millennials in particular are reporting that, uh, that they, uh, are feeling, uh, oftentimes or always lonely and that's over 40%. And they say that that loneliness is affecting their day-to-day rituals, their diets, and their mental health. So as we said before, there's going to be a new norm from this, and it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Have you been lonely, Jay? (laughs) Well, I'm uh, sheltering in place with my lovely wife, so I think that it's been almost impossible for me to be lonely. So you're both... Uh, uh, you're both alive, which is, that's good news. Uh, yes. because you know, when you say I do, and you get married at no point, did you think, unless there's a pandemic and I have to spend every waking minute with this person <laughs> for three months. <laughs> well, here's, what's funny because she's in the other room and can't hear this. Uh, I have found that there's a couple of things and I'm sure there's millions of things that I do that particularly get on the other's nerves. And so you think to yourself, isn't that interesting that I never, ever noticed that before? That uh, uh, And I'll leave it at that, that because I'm sure I'm not the only one. That is that is super, super interesting. All right, Jay, uh, thanks for joining me uh, via telephone for this uh, continued social distancing episodes of the Adam Ritz Show. If you'd like to hear uh, this show or any of our past shows, they're listed on demand on our website, it's adamritzshow.com, and you can join me on uh, Twitter. It is at Adam Ritz. Thank you, Jay. See you later. Hey, have a good one. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.